TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 432, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Greg, a TV enthusiast from St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, I'm Aaron, actor-writer from Los Angeles. And this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weednopolis. All right, let's start off with the news. First up, we have that Cloak and Dagger has been canceled. And mm. for the oh. five people watching it, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but it's actually predictable because, and it also signals the next thing. So Kevin Feige has been promoted over all Marvel Entertainment, meaning he's in charge of, he's over comics, he's over television, he's over movies, he's over everything creative. Ooh, that's Marvel. how you pronounce it? Nice. F-E-I-G-E? It's F-F-F-E-E-I-G-E. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and because when, when Jeff Loeb and Kevin Feige were like equals, they used to have huge fights about who could do what for what universe and who was doing television, who was doing movies. And now that, uh, Feige has been, um, promoted, uh, Jeff Loeb just notified everybody he's resigning. Right. Yeah, wow. so he's like, he doesn't want the... I mean, it makes sense. They were, like, not even frenemies. They were kind of just enemies. And mm. now he's a direct report to him. And he was like, nah, I can't do it. I'm out. Um, so, and because of that, now that Kevin Feige is in charge, that means that all of... I, I feel like the only thing that's left on television that, that was original Marvel TV is uh, Runaways on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure this is probably going to be the last season because I think Kevin Feige is going to can he's going to wipe the slate and just have stuff that he he did. Yeah, I feel like that's what's coming. So mm-hmm. don't be surprised if you hear Runaways is canceled. All right, uh, next piece of news I have is that Nancy Drew and Batwoman have both been picked up for a full season for nobody's mm-hmm. surprise except that Nancy Drew is not that good, so that was a little surprising. Right. CBS, surprisingly, has picked up Evil for season two. Not only for a really? full season, yeah. but for a second season. Oh yeah. my god. I mean, I'm actually, I'm watching it, but it's, I, I'm kind of hate watching it, really. It's a terrible <laughs> show. It started out kind of interesting, and it's devolved since then. So, I don't know who's watching that. Well, a bunch of people, apparently, because CBS is happy with it right now. Wow. Um... And all the rest of their shows that were uh, new new shows that just premiered, all of them have been picked up for a full season. That includes All Rise, Carol's Second Act, uh, Bob Hart's Abishola, and Unicorn. All picked up for full season. Cool. Um, on the opposite end, Sunnyside on NBC has been canceled. Like, it got pulled off the air. Like, oh, wow. the only thing that could have been worse if it was mid-broadcast. So, like, it was supposed to air on, like, a Tuesday or Wednesday. Wow. That's a really and... bad ratings if you get pulled in an episode. <laughs> Just well, doesn't come back from the commercial break. Yeah, oh, it, was sorry, like, it wasn't quite that bad, but it was supposed to, like, all the TV guys, whatever, said that it was going to air on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever day it airs. 
And instead, they premiere without fanfare. They premiered the new season of uh, Will and Grace. Just took its time slot out of nowhere. Mm. And I was like, "Wait, do we know that?" And then they were like, "Yes." And then they were like, "Yes." Now the show is officially canceled. And Bluff City Law has been similarly canceled slash not picked up. So they mm. they got I think nine or ten episodes. And they're going to air those 10 episodes, but they're not going to make any more. So it's technically canceled. Mm. Also on NBC. Um, Hanson Company is doing a puppet talk show for Disney+, Plus, which I think it will be hilarious. So the, the uh, host will be a puppet, and they will bring on real, real celebrities to be interviewed by this uh, puppet. And I'm totally going to watch it. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, Modern Love has been renewed for season two on Amazon. Um, for the people, one thing I guess that's one thing we're not talking about because is anybody watching that? By the way, no. no. Peter watched the whole season, but he's not on the podcast, so that's not really helpful. Um, <laughs> Genlock, which is a great car- uh, sci-fi cartoon. I watched most of season one. It's really pretty good. Good production value. It got renewed for season two. Uh, as HBO Max is trying to fill out its uh, roster of new programming. So it's going to be added to that. I don't know if I'm going to watch it on HBO Max, but I really liked it. I mean, I just don't need another streaming service. Uh, the 100 prequel has been given a pilot order. So the, this is the last season of The 100 coming up. And so apparently they're trying to do a prequel. And I'm like, so the prequel would be them getting on the spaceship after the nuclear, you know, catastrophe. Like, I'm not sure what the prequel will be. Um, but yeah, so they're planning a prequel of some sort for that, for all you. Oh, you know how well that works. Uh, you know, Caprica was really successful. (laughs) And that's a suit, but I mean, uh, the one that was never popular. Interesting to the ad at the very end. I know, I know. And it got canceled. But I'm just saying, at least Battlestar Galactica had a bigger audience than the 100. And uh, no. Um, Adventure Time has also been revived for HBO Max. For those who watch that cartoon, Adventure Time. Uh, the thing I'm excited about is Foundation by Isaac Asimov has, is getting turned into a series for Apple TV. And they have cast uh, Jared Harris and Lee Pace to star in it. And I'm like, yes, Lee Whoa. Pace is a character who I have no memory of in any of the books. Oh, really? So, yeah, they, they literally invented his character. Well, probably it, to bridge all the time jumps, because there's so many time jumps in it. I, I don't know. It's, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm one of those, I read the entire thing um all all the books and i'm at the same time i'm not all that thrilled with foundation although it sounds like what they're doing is they're doing it in chronological order rather than the order in which they were written so it's not like trilogy first they're starting from prelude to foundation um with uh i guess that makes sense yeah, and and they're they're working forward because the character that uh, that Jared Harris is playing, uh, Harry S- Selden, um, he's the main character a, in the first Foundation, right? Well, he's he's actually he doesn't show up except as references in the original trilogy, um, and if, and and the the 
sequels to that because he's the one who in, invents this this mathematical formula that they base the foundation on. Oh, okay, right. And and so he only shows up in Prelude to Foundation. That's the only thing where he's an actual character. Well, that makes sense so, that that uh, Jared Harris would do it because he is always in a series for just like five episodes and then he's gone. You know, so <laughs> that that I guess makes sense. But I mean, so, I feel yeah. like and it is one the of the bridge. stronger books actually. Yeah. So and, and you need the bridge because that was the thing that threw me out of Foundation was I would read a bit and I'd be like I get into the characters and like okay now we're a thousand years later everybody just knew was all dead and I'm like wait what um so that kind of bumped me a bit so I I'd like I like the idea of Jared Harris as like some sort of weird AI character like he starts off as a real person and then he becomes like an AI or something that bridges all the time jumps so you have him as a constant I think you need a constant yeah, you do, because it does, like you said, it does shift around a lot. And, you know, I'm hoping that they do something to that, that really updates the feel of it, because so yeah. much of it was very pulpy. That's why the original trilogy does very little for me, except for the character of the mule. I'm interested, really interested to find out who ends up playing that, because I thought that was the single most fascinating character in the whole story. <laughs> All right. And next piece of news yeah. we have is that. Cowboy Bebop production has been suspended for up to six months because mm. John Cho has been injured. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, so they got to wait for him to heal up. Something happened to his knee. I don't know if he broke it, dislocated it, but he has to have surgery. Oh. And so the sur- the rehab from the surgery, they're predicting six to nine months before he's up and ready to go. Wow. So he hurt himself decently bad. Badly, and they're shooting in uh, New Zealand. They had to fly him. They had to fly him from New Zealand back to the states for his surgery. Wow! All right, that's possible. I was like, stop injuring your actors, guys. <laughs> like this that's is not the first time. Like I know this is like this happened on Batwoman, and now this. Come on, wow. she almost got paralyzed. <laughs> that's insanity. That uh, bless the hearts on Fox has been renewed. Whoever was watching that. That's the, that's the animated show, I think, on Sunday. Oh, right. Uh, that none of us were watching. But it's been renewed for the people who care. All right, let's start off talking about the shows. First up, we're going to talk about the heavyweight out of the box, which is Watchmen. Premiered on HBO last Sunday. And uh, I will say that, I mean, I saw the trailers, but I really didn't know what to expect. And uh, the 1921 Tulsa, Tulsa Massacre was not what I was expecting. And it no. really was very, it was one, it was very graphic and very daunting. And it just really just kind of knocked me back on my heels. And I don't, I mean, because the whole thing about how Watchmen works is they take a real life event and then they change something. They change one thing. So like in the first Watchmen, it was the Vietnam War. The U.S. wins the war. So that's the thing that changed everything. And what they're doing with this series is the massacre really happened. And most people, the way history has worked in our timeline is most people don't even know about it, that it happened at all because it kind of got, it got brushed under, under the rug. And so in this history, alternate history, there were actually reparations and people dealt with it. And that changed the history in, in the city of Tulsa itself. Um, so I was like, okay, let's see where this is going. And so 
they their version of updating Watchmen is instead of dealing with fascism and and Nixon's regime or whatever, they're dealing with um, racism and basically what's going on right now with everybody. So I'm curious to see where they're going with this. What do you guys think? Well, I was very surprised. I mean, I I have to say I wasn't a, a huge fan of the the comic. I mean, you know, I I read it when the movie came out because I wanted to be familiar with it. But um, the uh, the movie I just loathed completely. So I really didn't have a whole lot of expectations for for this particular thing. But I tuned in anyway, and I, I like you, I was just blown away from the very beginning I, when they started in. Um, with the the little kid in the cinema, and and then you know went outside and we're seeing this riot going on, and I'm I I know about this particular history, I guess because I follow a lot of history. But well, one um, thing is I they was, call it wasn't a riot. They call it a riot. It was a massacre. It was a massacre. It I was. I just want to be. I want to correct it's, the it's verbiage. Known, it's known by different names, like the riot of Black Wall Street, you know, and things yeah, like I know, that. Yeah, I know. But the, the riot but, yeah, gives it you was an impression an that massacre. yeah, the it riot was. gives you the wrong impression. So I right. just want to yeah. be clear no it, you're, you're absolutely correct it was it was a massacre and the thing is i don't think there's ever been a cinematic take on it right. and it blew me away when i realized what you know what they were doing it's like are they really are they going there and yes and so they got like all kinds of points for from me for for doing that it's like i was hooked from the beginning and the rest of it you know when we when we moved forward in time um, just continue to hold my interest. I think the characters are brilliantly done. Uh, I'm excited to uh, see what happens to to a lot of them. Um, uh, the fate of one particular character I was not expecting. Which, which character? Um, Don Johnson's. Oh, I yeah. really expected he. We were going to be seeing more of him. <laughs> I was um, actually. I will tell you this. I was actually kind of upset about that because I love Don Johnson. So, I mean, they basically pulled the Ned Stark on us very yeah. early. Yes. Uh, I didn't see it coming. And I have questions. How did this 90-year-old guy get his wheelchair up this hill? And how did, I, like, and how did he string this guy up? Like, and why? Like, there, I have so many questions. But that's good. I'm not good. sure he did string him up. I'm not I, sure I, either. I, but... I think there's a lot of questions in it, as far as that's concerned. And he's supposed to be over 100 years old. He's, he's the kid. Oh right, I know. At yeah. the very end, they show right. him. With they the, show him with a piece the... of paper, right? But yeah, no, I only so- started wondering if John Don Johnson was going to be with us very long when he started singing at the table. It's like we're getting to like him way too. I know, much. and you're saying that uh, how much everyone loves him, and I was like, oh mm-hmm. no, and then, I was like, oh, he's not going to make it to the end of the episode. I hit pause when he started dressing, getting dressed, mm-hmm. and I was like, he's about to die. Yep, yeah. he's going out alone, and yeah. Yep. Well, I didn't know he was going out alone. I just knew he was getting dressed. And I was like, oh, he's about to die. Come on. And I hate when I can see it, sense it coming. But, I mean, that's part of the tension. They did that on purpose, so you're super tense. Um, Aaron, what do you think? Well, I thought um, when Don Johnson was getting dressed, I said, okay, I, I just figured something was going to happen to him. I didn't think he was going to die. So my jaw dropped when I was like, oh, my gosh, he's gone. Um, did not expect that. Um, and, and like both of you, I had no, I did not expect it to start in Tulsa at, in 1921. I was floored. I have to admit, I even got a little misty eyed because um, they didn't hold back, which I appreciate that. So um, 
you know, they, they really went there with it. Um, and I'm loving um, Regina King. Oh, um, she's fantastic. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she's yeah. fantastic in everything she does. And I never pictured her in a superhero TV show. Uh, ever, just so that everybody knows, that is my costume for Comic-Con next year. Okay. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Continue. And, and she's awesome. When she took the, the, um, the supremacist into the room and she started to close the door, you just hear the beating and you see the water and the blood coming out. It's like, holy cow. Yep. So I, I think she is phenomenal. Um, and I'm loving the story because I, I honestly have no clue what to expect. Yeah, I don't know where this is going moment, either. Yeah. Moment, I have no idea. And that's that's the charm of it. That's what I love about it. I can't figure it out. So I have to watch it to figure it out. But the production value is so good. They're spending and- like $10 million an episode. That, and okay, it, shows, it shows. It shows. It shows. Because it draws you in. Usually you're like, okay, what the heck is going on? What? Why are we watching this? But not this show. It's pulled me in. They have characters that I love. Um, I, I love Regina King's whole family. Um, I, I love every aspect of it. Um, you know, I even love Frances Fisher as Don Johnson's wife. So I... I it's really pulled me in. I, I can't wait for the next episode. And Jeremy Irons, of course. Oh, what yes, is going well. on with this oh, dude? I am, I am thrilled because he's clearly playing Adrian Veidt, and and I, it's perfect casting. It's yes. absolutely flawless casting. Yeah. Well, so. well you know, he's he's Osmodeus. Um, yes. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, I I've only I only found that out because I read a review later, and somebody said I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. But I was super confused watching his scenes. I was like, wait, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, are they aliens? Are they robots? Are they what? What is going on? I'm, I'm banking on robot. Me too. Okay. Oh, my goodness. It was just so bizarre. All his just so weird. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I, I'm going to say thumbs up. We got to move on. But yeah, if you guys aren't watching Watchmen, watch Watchmen. Um, next up, we're going to talk about The Rookie. And... This episode, we finally get, I think, the training officer that's going to stick for um, Nolan, and she's a little sketchy. Uh, what'd you think, Greg? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I don't know if the, the payoff was, uh, you know, what I expected, because, you know, they, they have a lot of mystery surrounding the character when she comes right. in. But first of all, she's a detective. And they're wondering why, if she's a detective, that she's volunteered to, I guess, do um, patrol, I guess is, right. is how they refer to it. And they're like, she's got the golden uh, ticket. Why is she wasting it doing this? Right. Right. And so everyone's like really skeptical. And then there's the, the whole thing where they, you know, they, they think that, you know, she's a little, you know, got some police brutality in her. They think, you know, she shoved some guy off a roof. And, you know, they had to quickly show that, you know, her body cam footage you know, because obviously she wouldn't get away with it, right? I mean, I guess I don't know if they have the ability to turn off the body cams, but yeah, they you know, do. If you're wearing the body cams, you know, chances are you're not going to shove a you know uh, a perp like off of a, the top of a building, you know. Um, but I guess the the only thing, and I, I like the the tension and the build up and stuff. But then when it was, you know, when it finally got down to the end, and and they're trying to find out, okay, why is she there? It, it felt like it was more plausible for her to be there because she was still really trying to catch the uh, the perps that she was working with. Well, uh, which, except that she randomly her. ran into that guy. That wasn't deliberate. 
I, it would be different if if she drove there and you're like, oh, she found that guy on purpose. But it yeah. didn't feel like that. Right, but then the fact that she's all secretive and then it just turns out that the reason why she's there is because she wants to reinsert herself into her daughter's life. I just, uh, that wasn't a big enough payoff for me, I guess, with okay. regards to all the secrecy. The I think door. the whole thing is, oh, you thought she was dark and evil. She's just a caring mom. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the rookie. This is not I, like some dark... Feel, yeah. Yeah, it's not some dark TV show, so it was fine. It was all right. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about her. The episode itself was okay, but, you know, I love The Rookie, so I'm going to keep watching. Uh, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Batwoman, and this was episode, I guess we could do two and three so that Aaron can talk a little bit about Batwoman. I mean, post the pilot, the main thing is to see Batwoman's transition to where she becomes Batwoman. And what I like about this episode is they really deal with the consequences of her pretending to be Batman. And what it did was draw out all his enemies. And it drew out all the people that hated him and drew out all the crazies. And now she has to now deal with those consequences. And I thought that was really good. I still don't understand her father's issue with acknowledging her sister. Because at this point, it's like, ridiculously obvious that that's her sister so the show doesn't necessarily blow me away um but it, it is interesting in watching her transform pretending to be batman and then we're now going to eventually start to see her be you know coming to her own with the red wig and everything so uh i'm enjoying some of that um the part with the with her step family so to speak um I find that to be, that's an interesting dynamic. Um, and I love the moment uh, that was in episode two where um, her sister, um, not her, her her stepsister. Right. It's like, I can't deal with this whole criminal life. Yes. And I, and I, I, I love their dynamic. Um, and it makes me really root for their relationship. And right. I do hope that they eventually will become closer. We can see... Um, that mom has uh, is uh, got her own stuff going on. Oh yeah, trying to blow people up. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So um, I'm I'm like okay. So we we see where this is eventually going to go. We we know where it's going to go. But um, I'm I'm kind of interested in the ride. Um, I, I agree with you. The the relationship with the father and his issues. I'm not quite you know, vibing with that. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get, get it. it. Yeah. I, I can't figure out. His, it, it's like his visceral, his, his feelings towards his daughter. He knows this is her. So I guess we have to wait to find out the reasons why. I think that it would just be kind of cool if they really gave us some good foreshadowing. Real, a, I feel like if they gave us a real reason why he doubts this. I don't yeah. Really, yeah. All right, Allison, your thoughts real quick. We got to move on. Yeah, no, you're pretty much saying the same kind of things I am. I'm I'm not in love with this show. It's it's not horrible. I mean, I'm watching it. It's you know, <laughs> it's it not horribly scarred. It's no, well, you know, I mean, it's not like it's so bad that I I just can't watch it. But it's it's like it yeah, it's a time passer, you know. But I. I, there's nothing about it that really stands out for me. You know, I've said before, it's just kind of the the same old, same old with with Berlanti. So it's you know, there's nothing really new here, and the the characters have motivations that are just convenient for the time. You know, it's, okay, this scene it works, but it's not really explained, and it doesn't seem to come from a place of of genuine you know character motivation. So I I just 
eh, I'm, I'm just kind of watching it. It's like the only thing, honestly, I could remember about the last episode is that it had something to do with elevators, and she got her <laughs> room. <laughs> you know, and that was it. Wig and it elevators. It did have to do with elevators. That is correct. Yes, and a wig, and her wig. Yeah, she finally does get her uniform at the end of the episode. She finally becomes Batwoman. That's also very true, but uh, that's fine. I have a question. Is it? I mean, the thing that, that kind of distracts me is that you know the the actress is Australian, right? Yeah, I believe so maybe. But but it, but she's doing an American accent, and it it just seems like that that I guess that's what's throwing me off. Mm-hmm. I was about to say if if accents, uh, Bruce Wayne on Titans is Irish, and he's trying to do an American accent, and it's horrible. <laughs> it is the worst thing you've ever heard in your life. But Ian Ian Glenn is so good, you don't care. You're like, okay, so Bruce Wayne's Irish. <laughs> you're just like all right Bruce Wayne's Irish and you know he just spent his childhood in Ireland and now he came back and it's fine you know, I'm good he, with that yeah it's just like you just go with it and I feel like if the actor is strong enough you just kind of go with it and the problem is Ruby Rose is not super strong so the accent can be a little distracting um, but, but yeah whatever let's move on <laughs> nothing else to say about Batwoman uh next up let's talk about black lightning and uh i bet like the only reason i'm watching black lightning right now i feel is to see how it crosses over with crisis because man this season is slow and i don't understand what's going on with the the big bad evil dude that's that that controls everything i can't even think of his name right now the agent yeah Um, what's his name yeah. Bill Duke, yeah, Bull, whatever yeah. Bill Duke's name is, he his plan is so convoluted, and how he expects everybody to just do what he says, and it, and then they all just do it. I don't get it. Like I really do not understand what's happening in the story at all. I don't and think then, the writers do either. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. And so then at the end of the episode, first he's like, "If you do this, we'll let you go to your family." He's like, "Psych." We need you to stay. You can't go back to your family. And then this week, he's like, well, if you do this mission, you can go back to your family. Why would you believe him? But right. then he does let them go. Like, I don't understand what's happening uh, and what his excuses are and why Black Lightning wouldn't just, like, leave. Mm-hmm. And because he takes the, the thing off his neck to control him. It's just like, what? I, what? <laughs> I, I really, I'm only watching it to see how it ties in with Crisis, like 100% right now. Yeah. Uh, even though they don't really have a Crisis storyline happening right now. I'm I'm watching this at uh, time and a half on my TiVo. You can make it so that an hour, a 42-minute episode takes you 33 minutes to watch. <laughs> and that is how I am currently watching Black Lightning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it, it, you know, especially with this last episode, um, it, it felt very choppy to me. Yeah. Um, I'm like, okay, all of a sudden they're home, right? After being gone with everything that's going on um, in the town and uh, Black Lightning and his wife walk in the door, the daughters are there after everything they've all gone through. And they're like, okay, I'm going to bed. Bye. And I'm, wait, 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 what? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> it was, and they were like trying to play it as a comedy moment, but it didn't yeah. make any sense. It made no. sense. And I sat there and said, is this really happening? I'm, I'm thinking it's a dream and he's not really home. <laughs> and he's this all in a, because like after everything that you built up to, 
that's how we end. And I'm like, okay. The only thing that was really great to me, and, and I love Bill Duke and what he did. Uh, he's uh, um, Percy, Percy, Agent Percy O'Dell, that's it, I think. Um, what I loved is his interaction with Tobias Whale um, and where he, um, you know, had him because of his skin um, and tortured him. And I said, okay, his coolness is interesting to me um, because he is monotone, but is very interesting in that because I don't know which way he's going to go. Right. But I do agree with you that we need some more definition because he's playing multiple sides. And I, yeah, like, and I can't figure out the point of what's happening. He was like, well, yeah, we there's have no to, sense yeah. of an end game. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. we have to protect us from the Markovian threat. And I'm like, the who now? Who yeah. are the Markovians again? <laughs> and they, they're pulling that from Young Justice. And so. But, they, <laughs> but without any explanation, it's like, you should have already known who these guys are. And I'm like, I, what? <laughs> no. All right. That's all I need to say about that show. Let's move on. Let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about All Rise. And this show I love. I 100% love this show. It's so funny. It's so it it, it is 100% like uh Greg you should watch it cuz you watch Godfriend of Me to get that feel good moment and it just Godfriend of Me just stopped working. So like I didn't get the feel good moment anymore on that show. All Rise does that but with more humor and the actors are better. So What I really enjoy is they show the justice system, they show the good, the bad, and they, at the end of the day, it makes you feel good about the justice system, which I thought would be impossible, but there you go. (laughs) Um, And I really like this judge. She's so great. Uh, Anybody else watching? Yeah. What did you think? I did. Um, I've been watching it from the beginning, and it's one of my favorite shows um, on television now. Um, and reason being is I, I love the way that they uh, a show the judicial system, but I also love that she's willing to go out on a limb. Um, yep. Her name was Simone Missick, um, and she's willing to go out on a and she was Misty Knight. Um, yes, from UK, correct. Yeah, but I love that she's willing to go against the norm. She's yep. willing. To she's testing the boundaries control. exactly, and because she has heart. And so often, I guess within the judicial system, it's all of just laws, law, 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 law. But the heart is removed from it. And I feel like she's infusing that. I love at the beginning of this episode where she married. Uh, she's she's in court, but she stops everything to go marry a couple because the, the woman, the wife is in, uh, fiance is in labor. Right. And he was like, we have to be married before the baby's born. Yeah. And she stopped everything and ran out there and married them. I, I, I love moments like that. You know what I mean? And yeah. so uh, I think it's a, it is a feel-good show, but I think they still, you know, um, they hit the, ham- the, the nail on the head uh, with issues and things going on. Yeah, they uh, really do, especially yeah. the sheriff who's in her courtroom every day. Uh, and, and I really like the episode, it was, I think it was two weeks ago, where he just jogs to work. Like he does every day, and this time he gets stopped by other yeah. sheriffs in his own department, and yeah. they were like, "We have a description of a black man who was, and you were obviously running." He was like, "I was jogging to work," <laughs> and they were like, "And you bent down behind this car." He was like, "I was tying my shoes," <laughs> and they were like, "Well, you're obviously a bad guy." And he goes, "I'm a sheriff," and they're like, "Yeah, right." And then they look him up, and they're like, "Oh, you're a sheriff." No hard feelings. We, you know why we arrested you. And he was like, yeah, I know why you arrested me. 
yeah. or why you stopped me or whatever. And oh man, like it was really well done. It was. And like this episode, uh, I thought this was so interesting. Um, the guy who came in, he was selling marijuana without a license. I never even think about court fees and things like that. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think about that stuff. And he was like, a man like me, I can't afford it. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I had not thought about that. Right, and that's, it also explained why he didn't have a lawyer. He represented right. himself. Because yeah. he's just like, he was like, you think I would choose to sell marijuana without a license? I can't get yeah. a license because of this. I can't yeah. do this because of this. And he was like, I can't catch a break. Yeah. And now you're telling me that I have to do probation and pay a fine, which plus my court fees. He's like, where am I going to get the money for that? Right. You know, so all of that was really just great. And I liked how she had to keep, she had to sneak down to find out how much the court fees were. Oh, right, right. Because <laughs> nobody yeah. would tell her. I was like, can't she make a phone call? I feel like this is a phone call. But she wanted the kind of adventure, and, and she's like, why are they telling me I can't go downstairs? And then she found out why she can't go downstairs. I thought that was yeah. good, too, because yeah. she tests the boundaries, and sometimes she finds out the reason why those boundaries exist. There's a reason. Right. And so everything doesn't always work out for her. So that yeah. was good. All right, we could rave about this show forever, but we got to yeah. move on. So I'm giving it two thumbs up. Please check out All Rise. I love it. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Arrow. And I know you're like, Arrow, you're still watching Arrow? And I was like, I have quit Arrow three times, I think, at this point. <laughs> uh, the only reason I went, I, I had to, I think it was last week, I went back, and, or this week, I went and, and saw the premiere of Arrow because I found out they basically redid the pilot, mm -hmm. but it, on Earth 2. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. And it was really good. It was a real, like it was basically the episode. Well, the pilot is the thing I loved about Arrow. It's the pilot was one of the strongest pilots CW's ever done for their superhero shows. So to redo it, I thought was great uh, with like a twist on everything. Um, and then you have the Monitor there, influencing mm -hmm. him and being part of the story. And then Earth Two goes whoosh. Yeah, and it was very daunting. Like all of that was great. It had, it was a really good premiere. Yes. Uh, your thoughts? Well, uh, well, I'll tell you. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, the original comic book by George Perez, is my all-time favorite comic book series of all time. It's one of the greatest written stories because it deals with all of the Earths in the multiverse getting destroyed by the Anti Monitor one by one. And heroes from all different Earths coming together to fight the Anti-Monitor. Um, and so what I'm loving, and, and Arrow's the one that's showing us. Yeah, um, they're really getting the into detail. right? With Crisis, and I think they're doing a really good job with it because this is the way it happened in the comic book. Not, not verbatim, but it's just, you know, we see the Earths start to get destroyed and heroes getting pulled out um, to go jumping from Earth to Earth to Earth trying to band together to stop it. So I think they're doing a really good job with that. I'm glad they brought, um, even though she's Black Siren, but Black Canary, because we need more heroes with powers right. uh, in order to combat that. So I'm glad that they brought her back. Um, I'm not jiving with the jumping into the future. Oh, I can't stand that. The I only reason they're doing it right now, because it doesn't help the storyline at all, Apparently they're going to spin it off. It's going to be its own series. Right. And I was like, can we just wait till that's its own series? Why are you wasting my time? I actually just fast forward it. I don't know what's going on in the yeah. future timeline at all. Because whenever we get to those stories, I'm like, 
Um, I don't care. Like it has because I'm only watching Arrow for the Crisis storyline, which is they're not doing in the future. So right. it it means nothing to me. Yeah. Um. So, but I'm I am really liking what they're doing with Arrow right yeah. now. Anybody else watching it? Just me and Aaron. Okay. <laughs> but it, you should at least do yourself a favor and watch the premiere of Arrow. If you ever liked Arrow, watching that premiere is really good. Um, yeah. Just give us a heads up when the Crisis storyline starts, and then we'll tune in. Well, it's <laughs> technically started. Like that's the yeah. thing. That's what we're trying to tell you. On Arrow, the Crisis yeah. has started, and yeah. they are doing stuff with the timeline. They're crossing over to different Earths. They're doing missions. They're being double-crossed, betrayed. The monitors got back-channel plans going on. So mm-hmm. that stuff is happening. So of all the superhero shows that are on right now, Arrow yeah. is 100% the only one that's really just in it. And it's all going to end on an episode of Arrow, I believe, because I think it's the last superhero show in the week. So I think the story will conclude on Arrow, but it's yeah. definitely started already. It is. And and Lila has become the character from the comic books called Harbinger, who is basically the assistant to the monitor. Right. Um, And so, and that's Diggle's wife. So I thought that that was very interesting. Yeah, that was very ominous. I was like, oh no. Yeah. Because I really like her. I was like, no. But she has great power. So uh, if um, if they follow the comic book, she has a lot of incredible powers that the monitor gave her. So I'm I'm curious to see. My thing crossed for a character called Lady Quark. If they bring her in, I will drop the mic and I will do back. But I will literally. <laughs> I'm going to do it, and I will video. <laughs> that, that is the greatest character that they don't usually use, but because she is everything that Crisis on Infinite Earths is about. So, I'm fingers across they're going to bring Lady Quark in there. Okay. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about This Is Us, and when I say we, I mean you guys, because I'm two or three episodes behind and I apologize but uh, I just got behind on the Pearsons well, what you guys you think well then you haven't cried enough Libya I mean <laughs> I, have, I have backed up tear ducts you get your daily crying episode out of the way what you got what's going on what are you in the last episode or oh, so what's going no, this on was, no this was really really good because um, <clears throat> it's uh, Beth and Randall's daughter um, I think has her first um, panic attack. You know, she's uh, she's in high school. You know, she's dealing with you know whether or not she's going to come out. Um, she's got a lot of pressure on her with her you know classes and and all the things that she's working on. And then she ends up having a panic attack. Um, and so you know, Randall kind of realizes you know as a father you know that you always want to pass on like the, your best traits, not your, your worst, favorite. yeah. Not your worst, and so you know he has some some reflection there, um, you know. And then, and I just really love the scene when when Beth, you know, they they flash back. It was so cool because they flash back to a Beth conversation with William, and how William was actually talking about, you know, that he used to get panic attacks, and so so you see like that, you know, that that William kind of passed it to Randall, and then you know Randall has passed it to his daughter, and. And based on the information that Beth was able to glean from William, she kind of corrals um, Randall uh, and his daughter together to, you know, talk about, you know, what they have in common and how they can, 
uh, overcome it together. So Aww. I thought that was really Sweet. good. Allison, your thoughts? I thought it was a really good episode. I, I have... I've been finding myself being more amused at parts of, of This Is Us this season than crying. Um, <laughs> but this this did get me teary-eyed when they had the, the family together, and, and especially the flashback with William. Um, I love his character, and I yeah. love any excuse they, they can get to, to bring him back. So all of that was good stuff. And uh, in addition to, to that, they also had, um, they were showing the flashbacks to the other two, um, and how they had relationships in their teenage years that are still, you know, refl- having repercussions on their personalities today. Um, and, uh, you know, that was that was interesting to see. They've obviously set up a, a situation between Kate and this this kind of dodgy boyfriend that she's uh, she's found at this rock record store that she's working at. And clearly something I mean, we know he's he disappeared from the storyline. He's not in her life anymore. But something must have happened that really, really seriously impacted her and you're getting little bits of that coming out so that's that's clearly going to be played on for the rest of the season so i'm interested in seeing how that that comes out as well all right uh so you guys are saying thumbs up for this week yeah oh yeah definitely all right let's move on next up we're going to talk about legacies and i'd like to talk about episode 202 mainly because it was my episode and I want to know what you guys thought. And I know three came on uh, last week, uh, this week, but uh, we haven't talked about the second episode. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. And that's the one where Hope comes back. There's, uh, but nobody, of course, remembers her. And then she's chasing, hunting a troll. Uh, and you have the two high schools. And you got the new headmaster. And you got the new character, Sebastian. So, what do you guys think of all of that? Well, the troll was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah was that was really genuinely <laughs> awful. Like, I'm sorry. That was a Doctor Who level. Yes. <laughs> really bad. Can I but, say that I did not uh, have anything to do with that? Okay. I, I didn't imagine you did. So it's, don't worry about that. All but right. the thing is, when you get away from, from that little Doctor Who ode, um, yeah, the rest of it was, was really good. I love the interactions of the characters and especially, you know, Hope's increasing desperation as she's confronted again and again with the fact that she has been wiped out of existence. All the people who she's emotionally attached to, from her, her former boyfriend to her father figure, um, have no idea who she is. And it's during this this chase after the troll that um, she finally breaks down and makes a connection with um, oh god how am I forgetting Alark. his name Alark. yes Alark. so um, it, she she finally just says you know I know you don't know who I am but you're the closest thing I have to a father and she you know she says who's the, she she is the child of. And he, because he knows how, how Malivore works, he accepts this. So since then, we've been seeing their relationship build back up again. But I, I really loved that moment. And it surprised me, too, because I thought, oh, God, are we going to just drag this out forever where she's constantly playing games, trying to have them not know who she is. And I love the fact that she finally said, look, this is, this is who I am and what's going on. And, and that, was a, that was a nice moment of catharsis. Yeah, that All was right. a nice thing at the end. Yeah, All yes, right. indeed. Can yeah. we can we talk 
Yeah, Can we talk about it? Yes, episode. Well, you still didn't tell me what you thought about the headmaster or Sebastian. Oh well, um, well, Sebastian is well. That's kind of strange because Sebastian apparently is. I mean, he reveals himself as a vampire, right? Um, but yet, he's clearly not. But, yeah, but yeah. So I'm I'm kind of confused. I don't understand why no one can see him apparently except her. Um, I don't. I, I don't get that. But I, I mean, I might get it if I had stayed watching, you know, the originals. Is, it, is there a previous reference to a previous TV show? That kind I of... will just say keep watching and it will be made very clear. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, the you know, you got the Alaric and you got the Headmaster, which I kind of, you know, um, they're kind of more like a Professor Xavier versus Magneto sort of thing. Where, you know, Xavier's like, oh, no, you have to control your powers. And, like, the new headmaster is more, you know, Magneto, where he's like, no, you know, you're a god among men and don't let anybody tell you differently. Except for that uh, bit at the end of, of the third episode. Yeah. 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 So I was it's like, like what? what is that? Yeah, that was, I was like, wow, that's some cold-blooded stuff, man. <laughs> I mean, snap somebody's, like, you know, forearm off. And then, and then what surprised me is, like, okay, she uses magic to, like, snap his forearm. But then Hope is, like, sitting there at the hospital at the end, and I expected her to, like, go in and, like, you know, mend his bones or something with some of her magic. And she's just sitting out there doing nothing, like, reading. She's outside. writing in her diary. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, you <laughs> Priorities, this, you know, they're you important. This? <laughs> uh, yeah, the whole bit at the end with Alexis Denisoff's character um, was, I, I was not <laughs> really expecting that. The uh, it's It makes me wonder what he is and if he really is, you know, the professor or maybe just some monster who took the professor's place. Um, so I, you know, that, that whole devouring the creature bit was was icky and that bit with his mouth <laughs> opening up like a snake um was definitely oh. creepy as hell um but yeah i'm, I'm interested i love An alex alex denisoff anyway so i like seeing him in, in something again yes so but very fun. nice job on the on this creature as opposed to the last creature i yes, had nothing to do with either creature but thank you <laughs> uh all right uh let's move on Next up, we're going to talk about The Good Place. And this week's episode, uh, Derek is in charge of the neighborhood, which is a terrible <laughs> idea. And uh, they go and save Operation Save Janet, which surprisingly goes better than I thought it was going to go. <laughs> wow, I was like, why would you take Jason as your teammate on a super dangerous mission? Like, that was crazy. Uh, what do you guys... Uh, thoughts... Yeah, impressions. Yeah, and to, and to restore his memories too. Yeah, <laughs> but what was crazy about it? He was like, "Can you restore my memories again?" I totally forgot what you just showed me. Like, <laughs> he is he is insane. He he is Jason is the best comedy relief ever, but you can't take him seriously as like a sidekick. Like I just can't. Uh, so I I did like that. These this week's episode, they basically. They they invaded Demon Con, which I was like, ah, that's funny. Um, and so everybody believed that the big fight that happened on stage was 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 staged, and so people were cheering like, oh, that was amazing! That was the best performance of Demon Con I've ever seen. And he's like, no, really, he just killed these guys. Like it was pretty funny. All the humor was was spot on, and I liked. Uh, 
Eleanor trying to be professional, even though apparently Chidi and what's her name have gotten back together. I forgot her name. Yeah. But anything else you want to add before we move on? No? Okay. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about how to get away with murder. <laughs> and uh, I must say, I'm contractually obligated to say it that way every time. <laughs> uh, but I didn't get to see most of this episode because my ABC went out. Because uh, I'm a cord cutter. And sometimes the antenna works and sometimes it does not. And then I forgot to watch it on Hulu. So uh, I saw last week's... And I have to say, though, How to Get a Murder works better in, like, a binge. Like, you really get into the story, and you're like, oh, my God, i got to see the next episode. And then when there's not another one left, you're like, <sighs> you get, you get, you just sigh. And then you kind of forget, oh, wait, i got to watch the next one? Like, it's it really works better when you have a stack of episodes, because you really can get into the mystery and what's going on with the characters and all the relationships. Because when did Laurel become evil? Was I aware of this? Because now they're portraying her as evil, and I feel like they're doing it for their own benefit so that they don't feel guilty that they're not looking for her. Well, I, I don't think she's supposed to be evil so much as she's she's flaky, and she's mm-hmm. proved to be unreliable in the past. So well, no, they I, made it I don't seem like really out of character. Well, her being flaky, no, but it made it seem like she kidnapped herself and then stole her baby. And I was like, that's not what happened, because we as the audience saw what happened. So we know that's not true. But everybody else is saying it is, because they yeah. just didn't Yeah, I don't understand why, they're, why they think Annalise had something to do with her disappearance. It's like, it's crazy. Like, they're, they're just coming up with theories so that they don't have to do the work and try to find their friend. Right. Um, but Frank got beat within an inch of his life. Oh, yeah. that's always fun. I hate Frank anyway. Yeah, he's like messed up in the hospital and then wakes up and like spits up blood on everybody. I was like, oh, oh, there's an effect. That's gross. <laughs> uh, but if Frank got killed, I'd be okay with it. He's one of my least favorite characters right now, which is saying something, but there you go. Yeah. But what do you think about the Michaela and her father um, uh, scenes? Well, she made a lot of assumptions going to meet her father. She was assuming that he knew about her, that he decided to abandon her, that he didn't care. Like she made all these crazy assumptions about him, which is how she informed, how she confronted him. And I give her boyfriend credit being like, okay, so we're not going to break into somebody's room. (laughs) He was like, I'm not going to jail for this. And I was like, look at you being smart. Because that's always my issue with this show is they always do really stupid things. And she was like, well, we'll get the key and we'll break in and we'll get the evidence. And he was like, or you could knock on his door and say, hey, I'm your daughter. And she's like, no, that won't work. And she's like, "Go." Are you, she was like, are you going to help me or are you going to leave? And he was like, I guess I'm leaving. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> the first smart person on the show. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I didn't see all of this episode. So you, if something happened this episode, you're going to talk about it as far as the Michaela and her dad. Well, she oh. got him to write a really, well, actually I wish I shouldn't say a big check. He, she got him to uh, give her a blank check. Um, it kind of came to a head where she was accusing him of not caring about her and not wanting to, to have a relationship and blah, blah, blah. She's making and a lot of assumptions. Said, well, that, that's Michaela. So he's he finally said, what can I do to, to prove to you that I care about you? And she said, give me money. 
So <laughs> she literally said it that way. And then he went and gave her a blank check and said, go fill out whatever you think you you deserve. And so she still has not filled it out now because now she's all into paranoid things of it's a test. So, yeah. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it's just it, it goes on forever. <laughs> well, and then I really didn't like her the way she accused uh, Annalise like you kept my dad from me. And she's like, uh, no, none of my business, actually. Um, so it was just like she's got such a chip on her shoulder and making a lot of assumptions and she's screwing up her own life by skipping classes. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, she's so frustrating. Uh, anyway, I still enjoy the show because I care about Annalise. So there you go. Though listening to that that tape, yeah, and I don't know, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I, I guess you know, it's it's nice to have other storylines, but I'm not sure what they're doing with the whole Asher has to go back and see his mom and his sister, kind of Ugh. showing up nowhere. You know, yeah, they're kind of bringing that up with the whole like, you know, they had the the I guess date rape thing that's in his past and wait he uh, date raped someone with, well, no he was with he was with friends and he kind of enabled it without realizing it is how they 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 are planning playing it uh, but he didn't he didn't actually rape anybody himself mm. I, yeah. asher's sketchy his yeah. morality is fluid so mm. right all right well let's move on i still am watching the show it's the last season i'm taking it out to the end i cannot guarantee the same for like shows like supernatural where that show is just like trash right now but uh for how to get away with murder it's got me to the end i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely finish this out all right uh next up we're gonna talk about castle rock which is uh now proven to be an anthology so second season is a completely different story in a corner of castle rock not next to the last show that had time travel in castle rock so, uh, Allison, you are, I think, the only one who's seen it. So, give me the really? plug. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, Peter um, saw it, but he's not on the podcast. He's again. not on the podcast. Yeah. They, they, they dropped the first three episodes, and I got to see two of them. And I, I really enjoyed Castle Rock, uh, the, its one. first season. Yeah, I did too. Uh, so, I was kind of wondering, you know, how they were going to handle this. I knew they were bringing in um, uh, the characters from Misery. Uh, and I, you know, I was, I was thinking, okay, well, I'm, I'm sort of dubious about the casting here because she's not exactly Kathy Bates like, no. um, but it's, I, I'm amazed how much she, she carries it off because you, you, they do approach it as, okay, this is the same character, but like 20 years younger and she's raising a child and, uh, she's on the run and she has the kind of the kind of physicality that we remember from Kathy Bates and she captures the character so that I actually, I, I believe her 100% as, as Annie Wilkes. Um, And they're, they're fleshing out more of her, her backstory here and why she ends up in Castle Rock at why she's on the run and all of that. And bringing in also characters from, from various other stories as they always do. And uh, so far I'm, really engaged in the story uh, I think they're going a slightly different bent than they did for the first season where you know there were supernatural weird science fiction-y things happening right from the get-go and with this it's I think more in keeping with the feel of misery that it's more about you know murder and insanity and you know people who are on the run and things like that 
Um, and only just in the, the very tail end of, of the last episode did you get a feeling of something not natural going on, which I assume that they'll expand upon. But it's it's like very subtle. It's this very, very subtle thing that they, they introduce. So I like uh, where it's going. Um, uh, the characters are fascinating. The, uh, the character of Annie Wilkes and her daughter um, are, are interesting characters to watch. And uh, I'm interested to see what happens finally. I mean, you can see that there's a strain there because the girl is in her teenage years and she doesn't want to constantly be tied to mom. But you, it's, I'm interested to see where it goes that eventually is the breaking point between her and her mother. And uh, and the other characters that they've introduced are are interesting as well. So, I think that season two is is shaping up to be in its own way. Everybody is good at least so far as season one. Nice. All right. Cool. Maybe I'll check it out with all my free time. <laughs> uh, next up, we're talking about the blacklist. And this one was like a flashback to uh, Harold Cooper. Because the only thing that was weird, because they're doing the flashback first, and it's like, Cooper, Cooper. And I was like, wait, Harold Cooper? Wait, I know that name. Oh, wait. And it took me a second to figure out what was happening. But I like the casting of uh, the older friend. I forgot his name. What is that actor's name? Who played the older version? Um, yeah, he was I don't know. I've got, seen him in a he's lot got of things. Three, he's got three names. He's one of those actors. But anyway... Uh, he's fantastic. He's always good. And, but I also thought he was probably evil because he's always cast as a bad guy. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, he's not your friend. He's going to be evil. And he was. Um, but I did like that Harold had this deep, dark secret in his past where, and it explains why he tries so hard to be prim and proper now is because of what happened back then. And that all makes sense. Uh, so I thought they did a good job of connecting those, but I will say the weakness of the episode is the Katarina, probably not Ristova storyline, um, where she's moved in next to Elizabeth and sabotaged her nanny and now is watching the baby so she can spy inside the house. And I'm just like, oh, what if Red, Red comes over to her apartment not all the time, but he's come over there before. Frequently. And so right. now just all of a sudden... Magically, suddenly he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it's like now he's just not coming by. Like, it's so weird. Like, come on. Well, he is mad. I mean, you know, I, I thought that the conversation when they were, you know, they're standing there and um, and Liz's, um, you know, grandfather is basically inches away from death. Oh, and yeah, he, he, just, was, he blamed her for that, right. And he was like, I told you if you even mentioned the name Katerina, that people were going to crawl out of the rocks and they were going to, you know, stop at nothing just on the chance that the ghost might still be alive. And so everything that has happened with her her grandfather getting hurt and, and uh, Reddington getting captured and bled out like, a, like something from the medieval times, um, is all her fault. Well, so. he thinks it's all her fault. I also think if he was just straight up and told her everything that was going on, then she wouldn't be turning over all these rocks. Yeah, um, well, that's a given. But the thing is, even if 
he's been angry at her before and he still, still uses shows her up. when it's important. Yeah. yeah, whenever he has something that he needs her for, which is fairly frequent, he's just there at the door. So the idea that this woman could move right down the hallway and he'd never see her or have, you know, they'd never cross paths. He, you know, he would have no idea or that he's not monitoring what's happening to Lizzie himself. Right. He's always uh, watching her. Yeah, so how does he not know that this woman's moved down the hallway? That's just that seems just impossible to me. But there's you and know, also the she mentioned she mentioned that she has a guard protective duty around her her apartment, mm-hmm. so they should be monitoring who's coming in and out. Exactly. I mean, nobody noticed she's she's already hired a nanny, right? But they don't notice two people confront the nanny on the sidewalk outside the building and and get her well, to away. That, that doesn't that nobody knows. Well, that. I assumed that that was in front of her own apartment and not Elizabeth's apartment. That was well, what I was assuming. They're they they're in the same apartment. They they stopped her on the street pretending to be FBI. Yeah, yeah, but I thought that that was like the nanny's house, not their house. That was how I saw it, but whatever. Anyway, it's the whole thing has holes. There's lots of holes happening in the storyline. Yeah. Um, so but that... that's the blacklist. I watch it for James Spader. That's that's pretty much it. Yes. The other characters are frequently portrayed as being idiots, uh, especially unfortunately Harold Cooper. I mean, the, him going all the way over to to Iraq or Iran or wherever this was to to get his friend. Just I mean, how how it's like you know it's going to be a trap. Of right. course it's going to be a trap. And the fact that he does this is just beyond dumb, and it makes his character look idiotic by, well, I mean, by he knows, well, and the red, red brings up he's like well what if he remembers what happens wouldn't he be mad at you and he was like well he asked for you by name and i was like exactly he asked for you by name <laughs> <laughs> hint hint <laughs> yeah also you know i think timing wise positioning the kurds as the bad guys was probably not a good thing for this episode to be fair they wrote this episode months ago true but <clears throat> yeah yeah. Not a good look. Yeah. Well, and why do they keep retconning in like Reddington everywhere? Like, oh yeah, know, he was part of Cooper's it, investigation, like, yeah, right? Like, do the flashback, and like Reddington is there, and so really, so Reddington was there. You all saw him, and and I guess, th- and and you know, James Spader's character's plastic surgery was really that good. <laughs> you know? Apparently, well, he's been fooling people for years. So it has to be pretty good. Okay. Uh, nope. Hey. All right. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Charmed, and we haven't talked about that in a while. And it is my guilty, guilty pleasure, but I love it. And what I really like, too, this season is they basically took everything that was wrong with first season, curled it up into a ball, and threw it away. They relocated the show from somewhere in Michigan to Seattle. And so you can actually really see the skyline and see, you know, it feels like a real city versus faux Michigan, which did not. Um, And then they all the secondary characters are gone. And now we have a whole new group of secondary characters who are more interesting, though. I find it unlikely that both of the younger sisters would find somebody that they're going to have a relationship with within five feet of each other. (laughs) Uh, I was like, really? Okay. Um but what really, of course, has grabbed me is I really like Harry and Macy. That is, I started shipping them from the pilot, pretty much. I was like, oh, what's going on here? 
Uh, and it was very slow to no progress in first season, but this season we are in overdrive. And I was like, woohoo! All right! Let's move! And even though it's really the evil Harry that has been making all the moves, but I don't care. That means, and she knows how Harry really feels about her because they revealed that at the end of last season. So, all I care about is the shipping. Sorry, that is my thing. Uh, Allison, your thoughts? Um, well, you know, it's, it's, I think Charmed is, is a cute show. It's amusing. It's not something to, to die for, for me, but you know, it's, I mean, the characters are pleasant and, uh, like you, I do like the relationship between, uh, Harry and, um, Macy, Macy. thank you. All the M names, they just garbled together. Mel and Maggie. Yeah, so Macy, I I do like that. Obviously, I picked up on it from first season. You know, they were they were kind of hinting at it, and when she started dating somebody else, some other character who was you know boring, I was like, oh, all right, well, we're gonna do that instead. Okay, so I do like that they finally you know are moving in this direction with the characters. I like that. The other the other significant others that they've introduced. Um, besides the fact that they're way too obvious, uh, you know, the, the, it's like, oh, this is who I, this is who so-and-so is going to have a relationship with this year. Yeah. And I, I don't think that they're all that interesting, honestly. Well, I like the boxer better than the, whatever she is, meditation sort of, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's super boring and snoozeworthy, but I think that what I like about the boxer guy is he's challenging Macy in a way that none of her boyfriends have ever challenged her. And he's only a couple years older than her, but he's way more mature than her, which is kind of the point is that she's never had to mature and be a grown up. And, and I really, I like that confrontation and that push and pull. So that part's working for me. I don't know if I want them to be a couple couple necessarily, but I do like that. He is honest with her when other people are not necessarily. No. Uh, no other thoughts? Alright. Well, I'm thumbs up for Charmed. Um, it's I'm loving the show. And if you guys have any other questions or comments, send them to TV Campfire, gmail.com, follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Radio, Weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye! Bye! Bye. Bye.